How are my levels? Arthur, can I, your levels are great. Can I ask you for a favor? Yep. I'm going to do the introduction, and then I'm just going to say a bunch of things, and I just want you to <laughs> say, yeah, that's it. Uh, Sure. Do you want right, me to say it like, like sarcastically? No, 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 or? no, no. I'm going to be asking you a question. I just want you to say, yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll say it. Okay. Now, now, let me get this straight. You're a successful but bored insurance salesman who met a woman stuck in an unhappy marriage, and now the two of you are planning to kill the woman's husband and get the life insurance money? Yeah, that's, that's it. Now that's what I call a double indemnity. It's another episode of Full Metal Analyst. Welcome to our show where Free Rise analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I love how our openings are getting more surreal. I'm Arthur. And I'm looking up double indemnity. I mean, I'm Mike. <laughs> it's a movie. Old movie. What does it mean? I had a dream. God came to me and said, make a double indemnity joke. And I said, whoa. And this film noir insurance salesman... Fred McMurray gets roped into a murderous scheme and he falls for sensual Phyllis Dietrichson, who's intent on killing her husband and living off the fraudulent accidental death. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and our guest today is a cosplayer, a video essayist, anime correspondent to the Struggle Social Podcast, and she also works at a zoo, which is the coolest job ever. So please welcome to the show, Emma. Hello. Thank you. Woo. Thanks so much for coming. Pleasure to have you here. And like we said, we are huge animal fans, <laughs> except for one animal. Cats. I mean, I don't dislike that animal. I just dislike that animal in the show. Love cats over here, though. I, you know, mm, not a, I'm allergic not a, to cats. It, it's not a pod position. <laughs> now let's get into the episode. And Emma, <laughs> let's get started by asking the question we always ask. We never have a brand new guest, which is how did you get started with Metal Alchemist? How did you first watch it? <gasps> I'm old. Just to preemphasize we that. We are. So, yes. Don't worry okay, about cool. It. Just making sure I like some get on podcasts and there's like some little like 19 year old. I'm like, no, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. I was living in Santa Monica at the time, and I had another weeb roommate who was getting into it. And I ended up like torrenting it and watching the 2003 one. And it was just the thing people were into back then. Like 2003 Full Metal Alchemist was huge, which is surprising. This is before streaming service and stuff. It was a little more limited what went up on Toonami, but it just got huge by way of mouth and um, slightly dubious um, <laughs> ways of watching anime back then. And I was really hardcore into it. And I remember being like the anime's kind of, the ending was sort of lackluster because they'd run out of stuff to do and they kind of were trying to write this weird story. Then in 2009, someone was like, oh, they're making a new one. And I was like, well, that's bullshit because I don't want another dumbass ending. And they were like, no, no, no. This time it's going to be true to the manga because they're work able to work with the mangaka. So I rewatched it and remembered enjoying it. And then I kind of fell out of it for a while. And then I don't know if we'll get into this a little more detail, but then a couple of things last year kind of spurred me into rereading it. And as a very left leaning adult now, I was like, I like this a lot. And I have some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> recently, as in recently when we're recording this, you just put out a video called For Metal Alchemist, Your Comfort Character Did a War Crime, where you talk a lot about that. And there's something you said in your video, which, by the way, is great and everyone should watch. We're going to put a link up to it. Thank you. You said, I know that I'm putting a lot of pressure on the baby anime to stand up to the powers that be. But the thing I always found fascinating about For Metal Alchemist is that whenever we sit down and like, okay, let's actually think about what's going on in this show. Fullmetal Alchemist is one of the few stories 
where that seems intentional. Yes, thank you. No, that was my big thing too, which is clearly the author really is like, this is my statement and I want to be really like triumphant in what I'm trying to say about these things. And then, yeah, there's there's some holes in a little bit of bed shitting. I mean, even say bed shitting. It's some bed sharding, I would say, to, <laughs> oh, to be nice. That's, that's a well put. I totally agree with that. There is some bed sharding here. <laughs> there, like there's some like, uh, because no no i agree because i'm not gonna like i mean i mean i'm not saying i wouldn't make a video on naruto i might i have i have many thoughts but um i wouldn't go into naruto for the same thing i wouldn't be like actually hidden leaf village is bad because they use child soldiers like that's not my mo i'm not interested in making videos like that you know what i mean i recently saw an interview with a doctor who writer and here's how i put doctor who into it because i do that in every episode i recently saw an interview with a doctor who writer and he said the worst thing any story could do is be boring and that if a story does something and it doesn't work criticize it definitely but recognize that at least an attempt was made i complain a lot about metal alchemist but i really want to be sure that people understand that i'm not saying you shouldn't do this i'm actually glad that metal alchemist tried because the alternative was just to be another boring like shonen that does the same stuff every single time michelle is glad you tried so congratulations <laughs> yeah <laughs> You have that past. <laughs> well, let's get into this week's episode, which is Beyond the Inferno. It was directed by Ikuro Sato, who directed seven episodes total, including The Promised Day, Family Portrait, and one more after this. And it was written by Shotaro Suga, who wrote 11 episodes total, including Oath in the Tunnel, Signs of a Counteroffensive, amongst other. This is, unfortunately, their last episode. So, shoot out the cannon. <laughs> last episode. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> <salute>. <laughs> and now it's time for a recap this is the moment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21 second improvised recap of this week's episode and that person will be decided by the roll of a dice if he lands on one it's me if he lands on two it's arthur if he lands on three it's mike and if he lands on four it's our guest emma so let's roll the dice please not two arthur has been going for the past <laughs> i'm actually ready episodes. this time because i just know it's if free. i'm ready Oh, thank God. I knew that if I was actually prepared, it wouldn't land on me. No big deal. I'm not prepared, it's Mike. but I can do it. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Wait, how does it start? Good luck. Three, yeah, yeah, two, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. one, uh -huh. go. Okay, so it turns out Roy is actually Envy, and then Envy's like, ah, I'm going to kill you, and then Roy is going to kill Envy, and then it's like, don't kill him, even though we all came here to kill him, don't kill him. Even though that's what we came here to do, don't. And everyone's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And they all have sort of a weird sort of an argument. But then it's like, you know, they all agree like, yeah, but we're friends, you know. And then he pulls the stone out of his body. And then we all right. <laughs> check out what's going on with the Armstrongs. And then they're like, hey, let's let's kill the bad guys. And everyone's like, but you're the bad guys. And they're like, come on, let's help kill the bad guys. And they're like, OK. And that's what happened. <laughs> well, you went out, you went past it, but. You finish it, so that's good. That, oh, that's what matters. You there's it. a post-credit scene, I guess. I mean, teacher shows up, right? And we also see, like, Van Hohenheim is, like, confronting father, I guess. I often feel like the show... <laughs> the show's plot and the show's credits are on two different <laughs> time streams. Like, the show's plot is like, no, no, I have more scenes. And the credits are like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go out there because there's two minutes ago. <laughs> there's a scene happening and the credits are literally rolling side by side. Yeah, I was like, is this... Is this... So <laughs> I was we like, got to put the credits in here. I don't care. Is this a fever dream or is this happening? <laughs> right. I want to start off by apologizing to Emma because Emma in her video says that she really likes this scene when Envy dies. 
I do. I Me too. do. It rules. Me too. Like, I like it too. I, I, here's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm 100% with you. Even though I made fun of it in the recap. Like, I, I, I like down. that scene. I dislike everything leading up to it. No. Really? I, yes. It's one of my like moments I like because... So there's this part where we're like little little envy and um I have the dub it just helps me focus a little bit more and the voice actress is so good as envy like oh absolutely oh does like one of the best jobs um in the dub and there's this moment and envy's just like Roy did a genocide Hawkeye did a genocide Scar killed like you know doctors about borders Ed you just kind of suck like envy's trying to egg everyone on envy's like you can't all be friends you know. Like, you're all going to be friends. It won't last. And a lot of anime loves to fucking monologue. And, you know, and I mean, and to be fair, Full Malcolmist, I think, does this like an hour later. They're like, that's okay. We have people who care about us or something. And my favorite thing is Envy's just like screaming at every awful thing like these people have done. And they're quiet. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that because I think for me, at least how I read it was they were like, this doesn't mean we're all going to be friends. It just means like, you know, it's like, what's next? We don't know. But maybe like killing each other left and right isn't a good way to resolve these things anymore. And that's one of my favorite scenes of like Envy just like screaming and just trying to like egg them on to like to start killing each other again. And there's this quietness of these like people who have just, I don't know. They're just like, this is that quietness that really gets to me. And I love that part. (laughs) I love the quietness. (laughs) Don't disagree with you. I think Envy's death is really great. My problem is with everything that leads up to it. As you said in your video, FMA's big theme, one of its big themes is the cycle of violence and what we as people, as individuals can do to stop the cycle of violence. I personally don't think it applies here because Envy is a character that's painted in such cartoonishly broad strokes. But at the same time, the person on the other end of the the revenge scale, Roy, The show is framing this as like the moral downfall of Roy. If Roy kills this guy, he's never going to come back from it. And I'm like, this fucker is a mass murderer. (laughs) It's like, you want me to feel like this is such an important moment for him? When you've shown him killing people and killing women and killing children okay, and being like... you know what, Michelle? <laughs> then then Scar is also a mass murderer. He's a terrorist. Yeah, but you know? Scar is not the one. But here's the difference. Here Again, and here is the key difference. Scar is revenge against the people of Amestris. He's not killing like Monopoly guy because Monopoly guy fucking punched him in the, fa- in the nuts. You mean he's the killing, Comanche Silver Yeah, alchemist? Comanche Silver guy. He's killing Monopoly guy because Monopoly guy is a tool of a state that he hates. That's the reason why he wants to kill Ed. It all comes down, you know, it's interesting that I mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier because we have to talk about how, you know, Bilbo didn't kill Gollum when he had the chance. You know, I think this wasn't really about... I have no idea what because, you mean. <laughs> because he looks down at this pitiful creature. He wants to kill him. He has been, you know, he has every reason to kill him. There's obviously, like, look, I kind of think pragmatically, logically, if we're actually there, yeah, I think you kill him because that's what you came here to do. But... But I think what the show is trying to say, I, and wait, what are, you, trying, are you talking about Frodo or 
just follow me here. Roy no. didn't. He, <laughs> no, Roy, hold on. No, what you're Roy, saying is not doesn't make Roy any sense in the context of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, the context of Lord of the Rings is is that it's how you begin what you're trying to do. Like Bilbo began his ownership of the ring with pity, and that made a huge difference in who he became and how the ring affected him. Right how this war criminal is going to transition into becoming uh, someone who is uh, a head of a state and not be- repeat the mistakes of the past. You know, like, it's all about how he would begin that. And you, the way he's doing it is he's trying to do a coup where he, as few people die as possible. Part of his whole, like, I'm going to change things rant, if it's to be believed, and I know you don't believe it whatsoever, but if it's to be believed, part of that is don't kill this harmless creature right in front of you, you know, like, don't. Or at least the thing for me, what I got is, I think it's less about Roy being like, I want to, like, kill this, like, evil creature because evil creature's fucking out of control and is just going to, like, murder people left and right. Um, But Roy's literally torturing him. Like, Roy keeps, like, burning out his eyeballs and he regenerates his eyeballs and Roy, like, burns them again. And, I mean, agree or disagree because, I mean, he's a little creepy monster. You feel bad for him. The the anime is framing it like Roy's going too far. He's not acting justice. He's acting vengeance. Mm-hmm. And even Hawkeye comes up and, and Hawkeye's basically like, look, like I'll kill him. <laughs> and then I'll fucking kill myself because Hawkeye has like major issues that the anime never wants to address. No, but they okay. did though. I've never even knew. I didn't even know that. That is so hot that on the, her back is where the flame alchemy secrets come from. That's so fucking hot. Hawkeye, <laughs> so no, cool. I rewatched the show and I was like, Hawkeye has the most Floridian woman in her 20s energy I have oh, maybe ever that's seen like in her. an anime character. <laughs> no, she has the Florida haircut. Like she has like 50 guns. She has like a half ass tattoo. Like you <laughs> know she would like walk down the street in like a pair of yoga pants and like a t-shirt that says like at first coffee or something <laughs> like she's major floridian energy yeah and there's another dimension to it which i remembered this episode and that's that roy asked hawkeye to kill him if he strays too far from the path on his way to become fuhrer and so when she's threatening to shoot him in this scene oh wow it's not just like I can't bear to see you fall into vengeance mode. It's I'm going to fulfill my promise to you and kill you to prevent like a lesser, crueler version of you or more like a regressively cruel version of you to lead this country. Because like you and I both knew that this was a risk for you. And then I'm going to kill myself after I kill you because there's nothing. (laughs) My purpose is tied (laughs) to yours. Uh, I think that's awesome. I thought that was awesome. I thought that scene was really cool, That's so especially cool. with that background. Um, as a Hawkeye Roy scene, it was great. I wish I could go back and give last episode a worse rating so that I could give this one a better rating because I feel like this one did what last episode struggled to do way better. Don't worry, I've got you. I've got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Here's the thing. If her mission was, hey, I- I'm going to shoot you whenever you stray off the path of what would be considered a good leader, Hot take, should have shot him right after the war because <laughs> I, know, Michelle, I don't, Michelle, know, about okay. you, I don't know about you guys, but I like my leaders, not baby killers. Look, so. Michelle, here's what I have to say. <laughs> you, live world. you live in a fantasy world. You live in a fantasy world. I live in a Pobody's, fantasy world. Pobody's nerfed. <laughs> Nobody's nerfed. Nobody's nerfed. Sometimes we just kill a baby or two. That's why God invented erasers. And that's why Roy Mustering wants to be fierce. He said, Look, 
That's why God invented erasers. I'm sorry I killed all those babies. Just just put me in charge. Every year on the on the anniversary of the Ishmael War, Roy posts a picture of him on a sunset, like thinking about all those kids I killed. Feeling <laughs> <Literally. laughs> sad. Hashtag regret. <laughs> <laughs> like what just like what would you prefer Roy do? Would you prefer would you prefer to What have would a, I prefer Roy do? Would you There's prefer a scene to have like character? Where he like, takes he a gun and puts it all the way up his butt. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, what do you want? What do you ask? What do I for? want? What I want is you, if you want to bring, if you want to have a, if you want to have a character? character, Roy's entire arc assumes that the problem comes down to individuals. What I would like to do, I would very much like it if the if Roy's arc was like, I want to dismantle the system of ambassadors. I don't think there should be an ambassadors because, to be honest, if we if you do a genocide, you don't get a second chance of being a country. You know. <laughs> That is a larger theoretical criticism of like a huge sort of worldview take. On, yeah, well, on, I think like, we're just I don't think can it's can I please like say something? No, you yes. can't, Arthur. This is just us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say, Arthur? Thank you. I think we're conflating, uh, really, all of us as a group, we're conflating so many things right now. One of them is the debate of Roy's character within this work of art two is the intentionality of an author creating a work of art and how we feel the author thinks that we're supposed to feel about war crimes that happened in their media. The third thing we're talking about is like the ethics of war crimes in general and like geopolitical machinations after things like the Holocaust happened. So I don't know. I, I think all three of those are really big conversations. We're all, we're always going to read too much into the baby anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it wasn't Arakawa's intent, so I didn't bring it up. But rereading it, especially right now with what's going on in Palestine, I was like, holy fucking shit. I don't think it's wrong to have a show aimed at young children or, you know, young adults and address heavy themes of genocide. I think that's I think that's interesting. I think that's, you know, need to introduce in this stuff. But I think this is an adult where we're witnessing all these horrific things. It becomes trickier, I think, to um, just do authorial intent with Full Metal Alchemist because you watch all those things and then you're watching this baby anime about genocide and and that's just where your brain goes based on these experiences that we're living through. So in Michelle's version of the show, there is no Roy and it's a much less interesting, more boring show. Oh, no. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I'd say um, there are interesting characters in the show for sure. And even like I said, like um, I bring up Marco a lot in my video because for me, I found Marco really interesting where he had this really like whole complex like arc um in terms of what he's done and how he makes amends for it um scar too that's a big reason i made the video i was like this is a really interesting complex I character with that i think scar has the teeth got the teeth knocked out of him at some point like he's just there now for me like he oh, used to so, be really oh, cool I had, I had something about scar this episode as a convenient way to move on um <laughs> No, you know what? We're You're never not gonna, gonna come on. to have one. Say. No, say Scar. Say it. No, I'm sorry. I gotta put this out there. Does Mike challenge me? This is a writer's challenge. Start the music. 
Mustang becomes greed because Mustang really wants to be Führer. And as he's take, being taken over by greed, there is a moment where he meets many of the souls that he killed or became stones within Ishval. And he comes really face to face with the consequences of his actions. And is filled with such immense regret that the only thing left for him to do is to destroy father's plan from the inside. And throughout it, he loses a lot of people. But in the end, while he's still dethroned and he's still defanged and he still loses so much of what he treasures, he he has done amends for what he's done and he can finally peacefully say that i have not corrected but at least repented for my sins as opposed to being like when i'm here i'm gonna put myself in prison it's fixed <laughs> well i right, do like i, I think, do like that. i think that's a huh? <laughs> i think that's really I think good. that's a legit alt thing i think yeah, that sounds oh, cool that's really smart you come at the gate you best not miss <laughs> ah, well you're still like you're still like dead wrong but okay arthur go ahead <laughs> anyway um <laughs> oh yeah i think okay no i agree with mike that i think scar lost some momentum and i think it's because he got his redemption too early it was like yeah but i'm not that guy anymore and we're like well, what did that for you and he's like oh no i just stopped. it was winry who did that for him you're right it was winry showed him there was a different way you're right it felt a little bit easy to me and i think that somewhere around this episode would have been a really interesting part for scar to have his final like wrestling with that because what better way to mm. like finally tempt him with his revenge arc than envy making these appeals to people like that i think is like a final test for scar it's like i could turn around and start attacking ed and mustang and blah blah, blah and i choose not to I think in some ways that that would have been a, a cool place to do that. There, I don't want to spoil anything because I know some people here have not watched it. There, there's there's more episodes of the show, and I mean he kind of has his own thing. Like he's kind of like you don't want to be like me. And like I said, he's in general a quiet character, and he doesn't have a lot of. I mean he does have some focal points, but he's really like quiet, and there's not a lot of external monologuing, and he doesn't talk too much. Even when he's made friends with you know um, Yoki and like uh, May, you know he's just. A quiet dude. You want to talk about Scar not doing anything? Here's my question. Where's May? May was with them last episode. Where did <laughs> I she go? about that. Like, where the hell is May? Let's talk about Envy's death. Want to I say about that? that he ripped the stone out of his mouth. I love it. Mouth. He died out of spite. Yes, that's so <laughs> yeah. good. So, so good. good. Yeah. Them ripping this. It's so, oh, so pathetic. And you're right. The dub, the voice acting is so good. I'm going to go back uh, and listen to I that. I thought actually. it was... <laughs> I thought it was really affecting, specifically Envy dying. Also, my thing too is it's the perfect death for Envy because, yeah, maybe they could have made it so it's framed so Roy killing him is, you know, more of a justice and less of a rageful man taking revenge. And no, they had Envy just in such rage, you know, rage these people had been able to basically be the bigger persons, you know, mm -hmm. and put their emotions and their legitimate and like honest to goodness, like, you know, problems of each other aside and envy can't handle that it's the opposite of Hedda Gebler Hedda Gebler kills herself at the end of that play because she can't live life in a patriarchal society anymore you know it's like the opposite of that envy cannot live in a society where people might objectively be good to one another you, you yeah. just you just made that scene better actually and I already Thank liked you. it that was a really great <laughs> that yeah. was really cool <laughs> another kind of fun thing I wanted to mention is that one, the irony that Envy always calls Ed Pipsqueak and is now oh. literally the most Pipsqueaky Pipsqueak 
yeah. that's ever squeaked. And um, <laughs> the squeak. <laughs> I got the sense that Envy had a little crush on Ed at the end of this. Oh. Did anyone get that? Goodbye, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> like Ed is the one that Envy says goodbye to. It was like it had to be you, didn't it? Like, oh, it's like that humiliation, like seeing Ed standing over them, like that was the final. Maybe he was jealous the final of him. Straw, yeah. jealous definitely of, jealous. Yeah. The way father, you know, was interested in him, and you know, he's like this hero, and everyone, you know what I mean? Like, I get yeah, it. jealous, jealous <laughs> of the friendship. I mean, that's the most anime thing ever. He's got yeah. cool. <laughs> like, he's got cool hair. He's got jealous cool of you. Oh, humans have friends. That's cape. the thing that makes them human. <laughs> I'm so jealous, but metal arm. Um, but you know it worked. <laughs> tropes are tropes because they work. I'm gonna say what you just said, Arthur, for later, and you'll see why. Okay, interesting. No, it, it will take a while for this to pay off. It'll take about a year. <laughs> Sorry, a year. All right, everybody, it's time <laughs> for this Arthur's again. forest positivity garden. <laughs> Michelle, the gate is open. Would you please step into the garden? Sure. <laughs> Welcome. Now, to exit the forced positivity garden, you have to say one thing that you liked about this episode. I liked when Roy said he took the easy way out and killed himself. What a coward. That's cheating. <laughs> this is cheating. <laughs> Judge? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's very funny, but you're still trapped in the garden. Who are you to judge how I get my positivity or not? <laughs> I'm the resident flower of the positivity garden. Oh, you're going to tell me that something bad's going to happen if I don't say something positive? Is that it? Really? My grass oh, has turned to swamp. And all the flowers really? smell real bad now. <laughs> all Michelle had to do was say one nice thing. Just one. About the anime that he purportedly loves. Oh. What is it with you guys and like mindlessly loving everything? Why can't I criticize the things <laughs> I love? And by the way, dust. all right, fine, fine, whatever. <laughs> I liked Envy's death. What about it? What about it did you like? Yeah, to get a little bit more. Into that. I liked the way he died, and I thought it was deep, pointed, dramatic moment. Does that count? Cool. <laughs> The garden is back. It's blooming. And there's like centaurs prancing around and shit. <laughs> oh, everything is lush and beautiful. You've saved us. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Oh, God. I'm part lion. <laughs> Mike, it's time for you to go out into the bed and to find the inner truth within yourself because now it's time for Mikey at the bed. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode using only the title and the thumbnail of said episode. Mike, will you please describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, which is called The Adult's Way of Life. The Adult's Way of Life. Okay, so we got teacher's husband. Um... Sig. What? Sig. Sig. Sig? Sig. Sig. <laughs> Sig. Like, Sig. Sig. Like I'm saying cigarette and stop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Sig and... Uh... Mr. Armstrong over here. Uh, they're like, you know, looking at each other. It's like, are we going to fight? Probably right before they bro down. So obviously they're going to be friends. I mean, they're on the same side here. You know what I mean? Teacher's going to be like, no, this is like a bigger thing. We need to go towards the center of Central or whatever. Like they'll agree, but they don't really, they're not involved in the whole meta thing. They're just like soldiers, but they're going to do that. I don't know. We'll see. Now that Mike has given his prediction, <laughs> it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by saying... 
I am giving this a four-star rating. This was so close to a five-star that I'm probably just give it a five. <laughs> I don't know. There's like a spectrum of five-star episodes now, but I didn't like it as much as my favorite five-star episodes. But I think it's one of those that did everything it set out to do, and it did it really quite well, and really cool, significant things happened, and I was pretty much game the whole time. I was going to give this for an enthusiastic four stars until our guest brought up just what that scene was really, what's just what, you know, how Envy just couldn't live in this world. (laughs) (laughs) And that's got to, it's just bumped it up to a solid five stars for me. Um, I was going to give it a four because Pobody's nerfed, but um, I don't know. I feel like I should be generous and just give it five stars. To me, it really, like I said, sums up a lot of key. Co- it's it's a lot of just good full metal alchemist. It has a lot of heart. There's alchemy. There's good fighting, you know, like all all my friends are here, you know. So um, I, I will give it a five. I will give it a five. You're all cowards. <laughs> and now we're coming up to the end of this week's episode, which means it's time for me to thank our guests for coming. Emma, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you here. You were so welcome. Thank you for having me on. Folks, please check out Emma's video from Metal Alchemist called Full Metal Alchemist, Your Comfort Character Did a War Crime. We are going to link it in the description below. Where else can people find you, Emma? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Hyenas and Gin. And like I said, you can also check out my videos. They should be at youtube.com slash C Hyenas and Gin. I also have a Patreon going. So if you watch all my videos and you're like, oh, want to support this person, then $2 a month gets you early access to videos and sneak peeks at the current video I'm working on. I used to blab nonstop about my videos, but now I'm trying to increase my patronage so I can't talk about the next video. It's a secret unless you subscribe. Ooh. (laughs) Um, And also check me out on Struggle Session. I'm the anime correspondent on that as well. And before you go, will you please give us your best Full Metal Alchemist, just like the interstitials? All right. Mm -hmm. Full Metal Alchemist. Excellent. Excellent. And if you don't want to do war crimes, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analyst. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you'll receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. <laughs>